Wendy's Podcast, Episode 20, go! Hi, Dylan. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Mason. Bye, Mason. Well, no, he's here tonight, holding our water. <laughs> he's silently watching. Some good... good some Mason. good water. <laughs> oh, because it's a Mason jar. <laughs> really? Watch the back front. I don't know. Hi, Wendy. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. What you been doing today? Well, it's been my first day off, and like... A week. So that's been nice. And not just from work or school or anything, just no obligations. Mm-hmm. A few obligations. But first, who are you? Oh, I'm Wendy. You've probably heard of me in previous episodes, like how I suck at Mario Party or something like that. Did we say that? Oh, Mason wait. said that. <laughs> Did he say that recently? Yeah, it was the last episode. Oh, okay. Here, hold on a sec. So if you want to go check, just go an episode back. Oh, uh, yeah. Episode 19. All right, I was just testing some audio stuff. Because we're going on the red a lot. Should we sit back then? Because right here, I'm staying in the yellow. Yeah, you look fine. Okay. I Yay, switched, I I switched it, back. Yay! I switched it to, like, omnidirectional mic for, like, groups of people, which we never do. I think Mason threw away this user guide, like, the second he got mm -hmm. it. No one reads the instructions. Yeah. Why? So why do you need to? Because it's not like there are three different settings on the back of this microphone. What's the third one? This is number three. There's one, which is like one person, and then two. Second position activates the coidioid capsule with a negative 10 decibel pad for live music and loud sound sources. And then third position activates the omni capsule, which is for conferences, interviews, and environmental recordings. Why is that so funny? Second position activates the coidioid. <laughs> Cardioid. Something. Oh, it sounded like you said coidioid. Activates the coitus. Yeah. You're in position two tonight. Don't, don't your devices have multiple settings? Yeah, about seven. Ah, okay. Well, there are seven positions. <laughs> all right, are we recording for real now? Yeah. Okay. You see this thing moving? Mm -hmm. See all the lights going? It's recording for real. Yeah, so you're Wendy. Yep. You're my girlfriend. Yep. Oh, no, just refer to you as my girlfriend. Yep. Y'all have met me now, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you study, Wendy? What do you do? What do you do with life? I go to school. I double major in history and elementary education. And I'm going to go to graduate school next fall for education. And be a teacher. Elementary education. Yes. And you want to do third through fifth grade? Yes, preferably. But I can do K through five. If it is called upon me, I can do yeah. K through five. Oh yeah, Lexi and I were talking about that last night. She prefers the younger younger kids. So what is her? So is she like elementary ed with a mm -hmm. specialty in special education. Yes. Okay. Do you have to like get that? Is that like a concentration? Well, VCU doesn't have a special ed concentration. They have classes, um, but Ryan's doing that. Really? Yeah, but he's not getting a specialty. But if he goes to grad school somewhere else, he could. Is that his plan? I don't know. Okay. Is that common for someone to do their elementary? Because VCU has that accelerated program for elementary ed. So most people just do that, right? I mean, yeah. is it common for people to do undergrad ed here and then do their graduate? No, because they pretty much silo you into the graduate program. I mean, it's, it's a bargain because it's five and a half 
years, basically. Come on down to VCU's <laughs> discount graduate degrees. We got all the degrees you need here. No, a lot of the schools do five and a half year or six year programs now. Um, because getting your master's in teaching is kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's good. What? No, like 30 years ago, you didn't need a master's. Yeah, but, but that's true for any profession. Right, there is a definite education inflation going on here. The Dalmatian plantation. <laughs> yep. So. So. We got some drinks, or. Oh, yeah. Drink. All right, yeah, we're going, we're going a little off the rails tonight. We have um, uh, drink tasting. Do you want to go over what you have here, Wendy, or you want me to do it? You can do it. Okay, so Wendy, so let's start the story from oh, the beginning. Careful. I'm careful. Don't touch the label. All right, I won't touch anything. It's freshly minted. <laughs> I don't think you can refer to it as booze as minted. The labels are fresh, freshly minted. Unless it's like a mojito or something. Um, hey, I made it in the kitchen today. So I went to the liquor store the other day to get drinks for other people for Christmas gifts. <clears throat> I want to buy, I bought like a... Is that a handle, what I bought, Tim? Yes. Okay, so I bought a handle of Canadian Club, which the clerk, the second I asked for it, was like, oh, you know, that's the whiskey Don Draper drinks. I'm like, you have to give me the the lowest sales pitch ever. Like, I'm already buying this. Like, you don't need to... Whatever. <laughs> and then when he wanted me to get two smaller bottles of... Bob Evans. What? <laughs> <laughs> Of the cheapest bourbon they could find. Evan Williams. Evan Williams. <laughs> was what I saw. A Jack wasn't that much more expensive. It was only like a dollar more per bottle. Was it made of glass? No. It was, it was this, the 12-ounce bottle. Mm -hmm. But uh, I go in there, and I grab that, and I bring it to the counter, and the clerk's like, all right, so the Canadian club is for someone you like, and the two Evan Williams are for someone you don't like. I'm like, yeah, about that. I was like, no, we're using them for cooking. And she's like, oh, what are you cooking? And I was like, oh, apple pie. And then we're making some, like, bacon whiskey. And she's like, oh, uh, I have a friend that makes Jack Daniels chocolate chip cookies. Ew. I don't like alcohol in any form. I mean, In yeah. terms of taste, so I don't, I don't. Well, it does seem to work in desserts, but that's just weird. That's weird. So yeah, uh, I'm going to taste this because this is a gift for my brother and my dad. Yeah, so to clarify, so this is... <laughs> I need to make sure it's drinkable. So Wendy made a new label here. It's called Bacon Hooch, uh, Wendy's Private Reserve Whiskey, Richmond City Zone since 1992. And it's... So we cooked about a pound of bacon this morning. It was a pound. It was. <laughs> it was. I ate about three-fourths of that pound. Oh, God. <laughs> Meat night sweats. <laughs> and then you didn't even really use the bacon itself for the whiskey. No, it was just the fat. You used the bacon grease and you basically sat it in with this whiskey and then filtered it out after what? How long did it sit? Like six, six hours. Six, seven hours. And then filtered it back in here. We have no idea how well it tastes, how good it tastes. I mean, the recipe said good quality bacon and cheap whiskey, so <laughs> that's what I got. We satisfied the prerequisites. So when he's going to give it a taste here. I'm going to do a half a shot. I'm just going to watch. Because I'm not too keen on whiskey. I'm spilling it all over the, the goddamn desk. It's, it's laminate. It doesn't matter. Bottoms up. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh, God. It gave me shivers just by taking it. I mean, it's whiskey. 
I don't taste the bacon at all. Really? Yeah. Oops. Mm. Happy birthday. <laughs> I got you some cheap-ass I mean, whiskey. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. And happy birthday. Oh, it's not for me. Oh. My birthday is past. Mm. So that's going to sit in your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Along with the rest of the bacon. Uh. Uh. <laughs> no? So? Not feeling it? Nah. Nah, man. Nah, nah man. Nah. I'll let it close this. Yeah. High off the fumes. We're just gonna empty it by the end of the pie. So oh, this is it. So Star Wars. Oh yeah, Star Wars. You saw that yesterday. I saw Star Wars yesterday. Um, and Mason's not here to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny because we didn't really think it was all too great. It, it was, was like mediocre. It was, it was a movie. So give me your an impression upon it, and um, just to clarify for anyone listening. Uh, we're not going to shy away from any spoilers or anything oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. So if you're concerned about going into that movie fresh, then pause. Or no, just don't listen. Don't listen. Um, Go see the movie and come back. Yeah. Don't listen to this part. I liked it. I mean, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but I've seen all the movies several times. And my brother and I even had a Star Wars marathon once where we watched all of them. I think we did it in a day. Yeah, but that doesn't mean much because you and your brother did a fucking... X-Files marathon. And Lost marathon. Yeah. Like, you just marathon movies. At... Oh, and uh, Lord of the Rings. When you're at... And Harry Potter. When you're yeah, at... we did it a lot. When you're at your dad's because there's nothing else to do out in the middle of Missouri. Well, the point is, I like Star Wars. To a degree. And this movie seemed to fit the Star Wars that I'm familiar with. And it wasn't, like, extremely better. Than the original trilogy? No. I'm saying as a whole, it wasn't, like, fantastic and stands out among the rest. Right. Goes along with what Star Wars is. What do you think? I thought it was great until, like, I liked all the new stuff. I liked all the new characters. I liked Finn. I liked Rey. I liked, uh, uh. Oh, fuck. What, who's the pilot's name? Poe. Poe. Um, I thought it was Ko for the first half of the movie. It was Poe. Yo, Ko! I liked him. They were all characterized really well. The fact yeah. that Finn came from being a stormtrooper, and they, and they characterized that really well. Like, he didn't really want to be a stormtrooper, and they show him, like, not wanting to be this soulless mm-hmm. automaton in, in this greater machine that was the first order like that was great like they personified all the stormtroopers great the second they brought in all the old stuff is when the movie got worse mm, i liked it but i know you don't like the campy stuff yeah but i like well so okay so han solo's parts were fine like when they first introduced han solo like yeah. that was fine when they go to the planet that's basically like the new cantina yeah that was fine up until a point because you don't really stay there that long and it's just more for clarifying what Finn wants versus what Ray wants. Right. That scene seemed very forced and kind of stilted. Like the dialogue was really bad. Yeah. And like the woman, I forget what the woman's name, the short orange alien lady. Edna Mode. <laughs> Edna Mode. And guest. I liked her, like, I liked what they were trying to do with her. Maybe they didn't succeed entirely, but, like, I liked the idea that she was this thousand-year-old figure 
so she had seen this cycle over and over and yeah. over again, so that was kind of cool, but yeah, that's when it started kind of faltering a little bit. Um, well, that was the, you know, the trough of the movie. Everyone's at their low point kind of deal, because Finn's running away and Rey is, feels betrayed because he's not actually part of the resistance and doesn't care about, what was it, BB-3? What was his name? BB-8. BB-8. <laughs> Man, people love that goddamn droid. He's cute. He's Wally. <laughs> I like that. So what the movie was really good at, it was good at defining things that Star Wars has never defined before. Like, they never define the fact that all these people understand R2-D2. Yeah. But the audience does it. But Finn is now the surrogate for the audience, yeah. where before C-3PO and... R2-D2 were in the original trilogy that he just doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Like, why do you want to go to Jakku? What, how do you understand him? How do you understand Chewbacca? How do you understand BB-8? Like, all that stuff. And they and then that gives the writers leeway to explain how the mechanics work. Because, like, George Lucas, for all six movies that he played his part in, like, took a lot of that stuff for granted. Well, I read an article on Vox... Um, saying how Star Wars is the way it is because it's heavily influenced uh, by the time it came out. So, like, the original trilogy, very heavy influences in, like, film noir, and so it's very slow, and you see the same types of shots as movies had in that time period, and then the prequels. The prequels are in the same vein of movies of their time. And then I definitely noticed it with this movie. It's got those comedic bits sprinkled into the high-intensity scenes. And, like, you see that in Avengers. There's, yeah. like, the, the witty remarks. Mm -hmm. But in this movie, it's done better than anything I saw in the prequel trilogy. Because, like, there's the part in, like, Attack of the Clones where C-3PO is going through the droid right. factory. Yeah, so like, that... Falls completely flat. Right, so the wit isn't reserved for the comic relief characters. Yeah. You see it in big battle scenes as well. And you see it in the stormtroopers, and the stormtroopers yes. are so goddamn good <laughs> in this movie. It's ridiculous how good they are. Yeah. So, yeah, like, not neither of us are huge Star Wars fans, so the movies... I feel like we can take an objective look yeah. at it as a film. Yeah, because Mason came out and he went just up. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It was like, okay, but why? And he has reason to. And he, and he clarified his, his, yeah. his stance on it. But, like, we went to a Christmas party last night, and it was just five or six people just huddling, just talking about everything <laughs> about Star Wars. And there really wasn't here a lot of criticism levied against it. No. I just heard, like, just discussion. I love this, I love this, I love this, this was good, this was good. I was like, yeah, but, like, a lot of it wasn't good. Like... Okay, so what was the it? The whole final third of that movie was not good, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, it did feel very rushed, and I didn't quite, like, obviously, the, what was it, um, New Empire? Oh, First know. Order. First Order. It's obviously Nazi Germany, like, very heavy influences on that. Well, that's, I mean, but, like, so was the Empire. Right, but... I feel like the stakes came from, oh, look, the bad guys look like Nazi Germany. That's why they're bad. Move on. Well, like, I didn't really feel... 
well, a reason to fear them. Well, other I, than they had this giant weapon and they were blowing up planets. And I think the reason that was is because all that stuff was just taken wholesale from New Hope. Right. Because there's so much time between this and New Hope, or in the original trilogy, that... What I think J.J. Abrams was trying to do with this movie was he was trying... This is basically the, the film equivalent of passing the torch. Yeah. And obviously... Yeah, you can you know that because you have all the old actors and all the new actors in it. But it's like, no, but even more. Like, we have to reignite trust in our audience with this film franchise because they lost it so much with the prequel trilogy. I think they did that. No, and I think, but like, in, in, but the way they did it was we just need to recreate a new hope. Like, beat for yes. beat. We need to recreate a new hope and show people that we understand what we're doing. Yes. And then the next movie, we will do the new stuff. Yeah. And that's fine, I guess, if you're a Star Wars fan from the perspective of, I love original Star Wars. It has a cherished place in my heart. And I felt kind of burned from the original prequels, but I still care about Star Wars. Okay, now I'm back on board. I can understand, like, from a brand management standpoint why they did that. From just a creative just a writing standpoint from like someone a moviegoer who just wants to go in and see a good movie mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't do it for me i don't care like i think the smartest thing they did in this movie was kill han solo because like that is showing them that they are trying to cut ties from what star wars was and try to tread their own path mm-hmm. and just take the essence of what star wars was and take it forward and they do it really well and like for as much camp as there did exist, it you know, it comes off, it plays well. Yeah. Or the parts where it doesn't play well are things like, okay, why is there a basically carbon copy of the Empire that exists? And how were they able to rebuild themselves in 30, 40 years? Like... The, well, why not? The only thing that happened was the Death Star blew up. No, but you, we don't know that. We, don't, we have no idea... Like, I read up on, Didn't like... Did you read the rolling credits in the beginning that said they came back? So, no, there you the go. <laughs> the, the credit crawl at the beginning of the movie starts with, Luke Skywalker is missing, as if that's the yeah, most important and we, and aspect like, of this universe. Yeah, and in the background, it's like, oh, we gotta find the map to find Luke. It's like, okay, great, but, like, that's not the main thrust of the movie. And maybe we'll see it when all three movies are out. We'll see that's the overarching theme. Right. But, like, Luke was the savior. Like, I think what's going to happen, because Luke was the savior of the original trilogy, so I think what's going to happen here is that they're either going to put too much trust in Luke or Luke is going to just be entrusted to train Rey to be the new hope. Like, Rey is the one that's going to ultimately save this cataclysm. Yeah, because Rey is Luke now. And well, Ray Finn and Ray is and Han Solo no, now. No, 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 no. Yeah, because that's no, no, no. a love interest. No, Poe is Han because he's the suave, smart, talking, wisecracking guy. Finn and Ray are two aspects of Luke Skywalker. Or you could say Finn is Leia and yeah, yeah. Ray is okay. Luke. Right, but there's not going to be a romantic interest between Poe and Ray. No, but they don't have to play. That's the problem. It's like you don't have to go part for part. No, but it, it seems like it is. Because Kylo, or whatever his name is... Kylo Ren? Yeah. Like, he's Darth Vader. Yeah, he's a wannabe Darth Vader, which right. was the most fascinating part, is that he just wants to be as good yes. as Darth Vader, and, and they play that up so well. 
the best thing his character did was kill Han Solo because I actually gave him some personality. Like, okay, now I understand his motivations, his dreams. Like, that whole monologue he had when he was sitting by Darth Vader's crumpled up mask. Like, that's just, it was just more stilted dialogue and yeah. cheesy writing. I like, can see that. They needed to do things more like... Like, if he just sat there and looked at the mask? Yeah. With no dialogue? It's, it's just hard on, just hard in, on the screen to portray mm -hmm. inner struggle. And because the only tools you have are the character's actions yeah. and the character's words. Well, they did it really well in that scene where Rey turns the table and goes into Kylo's mind. Because they're, like, forcing each other. And it's just four minutes of constipated stares and grunts and sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only imagine what was happening behind screens. Like, okay, guys, for this scene, here, let's get some water. Here's, here's your sweat. Moisten their foreheads. All right, guys, you're on the toilet. You just ate a six-egg omelet. It was the worst mistake of your life. It was the worst mistake of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go back to that. <laughs> so I ate three-fourths of a pound of bacon today. Dylan had a six-egg omelet. I just really wanted something. Like, I just wanted to eat a meal. <laughs> like, a, a meal. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I really wanted, like, a bagel and cream cheese. And I was like, well, let's go a little healthier. And so I got, I went to the store and bought eggs and tomatoes and guacamole and then a bag of mozzarella Wait, guacamole cheese. guacamole or avocado? Avocado. You basically make guacamole. And... It was six eggs, a whole, like, large-sized tomato. To tomato! <laughs> Shoosh. Shoosh. Another tomato. People. <laughs> a tomato. <laughs> Always slip on my words in this podcast. I hate it. A, a rather large tomato, two avocados, and then, like, half a bag of shredded mozzarella cheese. Oh. And just put that all in the oh. pan. And then... And then oh, you tried to flip it. I tried. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. No. So it was just a pile of food. Pile of ingredients. And so I was eating it. And I was like, man, this is good. And then I probably had four or five bites left. And I literally, like, exhaled. Like, oh, 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 God. Oh, this is going to be a struggle. <laughs> and then I finished it. And then I wanted to die for a good 30 minutes. And then I went on a walk. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I had to walk to Mason's. Oh, okay. To get my stuff. No, so back to Star Wars. So that that whole Starkiller base scene where they're attacking it is mm -hmm. stupid. Why? Because it's... It's the trench run. Yeah, but that's why it's stupid. Well, you said they're they're basically copying New Hope. And that's why it sucks. Yeah. Well, it's just going along with the formula of the movie. No, but I'm saying, but that's why it sucks. Okay. But I just want to clarify, like, everyone's making the joke, oh, it's another Death Star. It's just a bigger Death Star. But it's bigger. It's a bigger Death Star. No, and they even say it in the movie, which yeah. I think is one of the worst scenes in that movie. It's like, well, why don't we just do what we did with the Death Star? It was like, at least in the prequels, they had the self-respect enough that if they were going to copy that, they didn't acknowledge it. Like... Because in episode one, there's the part where Anakin blows up the Trade Federation ship. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, point for point, blowing up the Death Star. But at least 
Well, now by this movie, this is the third time it's been done. They have to no, acknowledge it. It's the it. fourth time it's been done. Oh, okay. Because there's the Trade Federation right. ship, there's the original Death Star, there's the new Death Star, and now there's Starkiller Base. Right. So they have to acknowledge it, because obviously the characters are going to be like, okay, there's a there's a pattern here. It just it just came off as the hokiest thing ever. Yes. And they might as well have been winking at well, the they audience. Were. No. This whole movie was a giant wink and nod. No, I think the like the first third or first two thirds of this movie were really good. Like like Finn breaking uh yeah, that was, Po out Finn. That was and a very crashing original on the planet. That was original. That was like I thought that was all good. It was literally up until the point where Han and Chewie get on the No, <clears throat> it was before then. Ray being stuck in the desert, you know, barely scraping by. That's like I mean calling I calling back to Luke. Yeah, but at least they did it in an interesting way. Like Luke wasn't scraping by. Luke just didn't like just living with his yeah. aunt and uncle. Like, Ray is just basically living for sustenance. Which I thought that part, like, that built, that did more world building in that small mm-hmm. scene than I saw in probably most of Star Wars. Yeah. The part where she goes and gets yeah. the food rations and then, like, has the, um, you know, the yeast bowl thing that yeah, creates the bread. Cool. I thought that was so clever, so cool. Yeah, we learn more about Jakku than we do about any other... Tatooine, yeah. Naboo, any other planet, Endor, Hoth. Yeah, and apparently it's the armpit. So we know a lot about the armpit. There are two armpits, Tatooine and Jakku. <laughs> Covered in sand. Gets everywhere. Get used to it. <laughs> Okay, so Ray though, she was great. Like, that Ray though. That Ray though, she was great. I thought all the main characters were great. Yeah, no, but she like what you showed me that article about Ray being the essentially just fulfilling all feminist. Oh, strong characters. female character. Yeah. With, with Ray, we have reached yeah. being strong female character. Yeah, I mean it's true. Like everything in that movie suggested, she does not need help. She is not a damsel in distress. She can hold her own. Like even things as simple as. Han giving her the gun, and then she's like, yeah, I know how to use it, you just pull the trigger, and then Han's like, no, it's more complicated than that. There's no, okay, here, let me show you. Talking down to her. He just, I guess it's either confident enough she can figure it out on her own, or they just, they were leaving it up so that when she finally did need to shoot the gun, there were, there's a little bit of tension, because she didn't know how to use it. But yeah, just down to the minor detail. Well, that movie's... really good diversity achievement in general. Yes. Because <clears throat> you have John Boyega, who's black, and then you have Daisy Ridley, who's female, and then you have um, Oscar Isaac. De La Renta. Who is Hispanic. And... And they got all these aliens. <laughs> Look at the diversity. It's so diverse. It's like VCU. Yeah. It's like I'm walking to class. But yeah, so, I mean, I thought it was okay. Yeah. It could have been worse. It could have been way better. I mean, I mean, it could have been way worse. Yes, but it also could have been better. Could have been better. But I think if we're doing a grading scale, I would give it a B. Oh, I'd give it a C. All right, well, I always grade more. Uh, and that's what's wrong with teachers in this country. No, I'm just a little more forgiving than you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got you to gotta give it to Star Wars. Like, that franchise has been through the shitter. Yes. And just been, just clawed its way back and just been treated poorly. But I am a firm believer in the idea that, like, once you fuck up in storytelling, like once you once something is fucked up, it's it's gone. Like that's it. Yeah, because like, it affects the rest of it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like 
like the prequels are a permanent mar <laughs> on the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, like, and they really affect Luke and Kylo because, like, that's his, that's Anakin's progeny. Yeah. And they're all just whiny babies, just like <laughs> he is. It's like, God, it must run in the family. Wow, that must, I didn't even think about Anakin versus Kylo both being, like, whiny people. Oh, they're the people. exact same person. That's true. Like. Yeah, but at least Kylo Ren's character has a better actor behind him than yes. Anakin Skywalker's. It's not that he's a bad actor, it's just, I think, the character that was written for him. But a lot of that delivery was bad. I don't okay, care how yeah, much yeah. George Lucas, like, made him say it that way. It's still bad delivery. Okay. It's just, and there's people that hate Return of the Jedi for their reasons, I think, because of the teddy bears. Oh, yeah, it's probably teddy bears. And, and the happy celebration at the end. <laughs> Banging on the stormtroopers' helmets. Chewie doesn't get a medal. What the? What's up with that? It's because he's hairy. Yeah, it's all because of the hair. Maybe he did get one. It's just underneath the hair. Cause you know how like dogs and cats, their collars, get buried under their fur. Mm-hmm. It's probably there. Just can't see it. Probably. Yeah. yeah so it. I wonder how Wookiees age. Cause obviously Chewie's old. But he didn't look that old. It's not like he's going gray. Yeah, that costume hasn't aged a bit. Yeah. I don't know. I know Mason was talking about it, like the actor that plays him. I forget the actor's name. Or maybe Chewie was like a teenager. But Chewie was in the prequels. Yeah, maybe he was like a teenager then. Then? So, so 60 years later, so he's now like... So he, now he's like, you know... Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, I... Maybe they're like turtles. Turtles. They live like 200 years. Like turtles. Turtles. I like turtles. Turtles. But yeah, I, you know, I had fun watching it, but I have no interest in ever watching it again. Nope. It's done. Yep. But I just want to reiterate, like, and it's true for any, any piece of media I have consumed, like, as soon as they fuck up the story, it's done. Like, that's it. That's, like, like, other products you can reiterate on mm-hmm. and, and fix and improve, but, like, storytelling, like, that's the, you have to get it right the first time. Like, otherwise, you just you just ruin it. Which makes, like, movies that are successful, or not even movies, but film, TV shows that have sequels that are just as good as the original, just make it so much more awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, a Toy Story, entire sto- Toy Story franchise is amazing. Mm-hmm. And they're just amazing stories, but I think they're looked at in a different way, maybe because... There didn't need to be a Toy Story 2 or Toy Story 3. They said, Pixar said, oh, we will make a sequel if we get a story good enough. And so, like, Toy Story 4, the fact that Toy Story 4 is, like, a side story. It must be good. Toy Story Gaiden. Yeah. (laughs) um, I think it's really cool. I do have a problem with Toy Story, though. Shut your mouth. In the first movie, if Buzz Lightyear doesn't think he's a toy, then why does he fall down when humans come along? Why doesn't he just keep doing his thing? He goes into hypersleep. Why? He's not a toy. He's not an astronaut. He's that, got to that, fight Zerg. The air is toxic. That that's your that's your biggest gripe with Toy Story? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you have it. Mason messaged me today and he said R2 D2 is just the biggest Deus Ex Machina. In The Force Awakens. Yes. Because he just wakes up, he's like, oh, here is the map. He has a universal port for everything. 
His ding-dong can fit in any hole. But he just has the entire map piece that they are missing the entire movie, and he just wakes up like, what I miss? Oh, big space battle. Okay, let me set up the sequel for you. <laughs> oh, should we talk about Mason's alternate ending to the movie? Which would probably made it better. It would have left on a better note. Uh, sure. I mean... Okay, well, so, at the end of the movie, Luke turns around, he's all fat and hairy. <laughs> <laughs> as men as men become as they age. But apparently he's lost weight since then, so it was like... I don't know why Mason kept because focusing on that they, point. Well, if they waited till he was less fat, and maybe... But he doesn't look like... No, he does. He's got no. an old man belly. No, he does. No, you don't understand. <laughs> this man is a dumpster. <laughs> It just consumes <laughs> all of the trash. You got a trash compactor? <laughs> that part was, I fucking hated that no, part. No, that was cool. No, that part was fucking no, stupid. Okay, so anyway, instead of, you know, revealing Luke and giving away that, should have just been the cloaked figure, and Ray offers the lightsaber, and his robot arm comes out and forces the lightsaber into his hand. So you know it's him, because it's his missing hand, but... It doesn't give away the big reveal. I thought that was... I think that would be a cool way to do it. The way they did it, I also liked. I was terrified mm. that they were going to cut, like, ten minutes earlier. That it was just going to be R2-D2 being like, here's the map. Yeah. Credits. That would have sucked. Um, no, but, like, the whole, like... Or when they're all waving goodbye to yeah. the new Falcon as <laughs> yeah, it's flying off. Like, bad. Bye-bye, guys. Have fun on your journey. Credits. Well, that's how I knew it was the end of the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, we've reached that point. Okay, I guess Where are the there's medals? nothing else to happen. Mm. <laughs> no, but, like, the whole, I hate drawn-out scenes where it's like, you should have just freeze-framed it instead of hiring the actors. So she's standing there with the lightsaber and her arm is shaking because she's been standing there for a good ten minutes and Mark Hamill's just staring at her. I should have. You Wait, you want to freeze-frame, like, the end of Rocky Three, Rocky Four, where it's like Apollo, it's like Luke and Ray in a boxing ring, and then they both swing at each other, and then freeze frame, and then credits. Why are they just staring at each I other? I thought that was cool, and I no, thought, I thought it was awkward. Yeah, it was awkward, but I think it was supposed to be intentionally awkward, like because he hasn't seen humans in ten years or something like that. Ugh, how'd you find me? And going back to the backstory stuff, they don't clarify like how much Luke, like they did it a little bit with when Ray had that vision so luke like was trying to train a whole new generation of jedi or was he just trying to train han solo's kid he would no he was training a bunch of people and then and the then kylo could. ren killed them all yeah okay he pulled an anakin right it's fucking stupid killing children man it's I, just i do not condone i don't understand like the lineage of this like say kylo ren or ben solo ben Admiral Akbar Solo. <laughs> ben only. Ben Kenobi, Admiral Akbar Yoda. Uncle Solo. Chewie Solo. <laughs> um, is he Jewish? What? Ben, is he Jewish? That's a Jewish name. He's got the nose. Oh, don't give me that look. Come on. I took Jewish history. Uh -huh, I'm allowed to make Jewish jokes. My professor made so many Jewish jokes. <laughs> Let me tell you. I have a list of them. 20 best Jew jokes you'll ever hear. <laughs> this side of the Holocaust. Okay, that's too far. <laughs> Goodwin's Law. Alright, we're out. <laughs> Is that gonna be on the exam? <laughs> so, what was I fucking saying? I don't know. <laughs> oh, so, like, 
Ben Kenobi. Okay, so what is the chronology here? Is it Kylo Ren, or it's... Okay, Luke trains Ben Solo, Ben turns into Kylo Ren, kills all the Jedi, then Kylo Ren forms the First Order, and then they fucking, in the span of what? No, he probably... He 20 years, he they hollow out a planet? He, sure, why not? It's the future. Or it's the past. <laughs> he joined probably something that was already there. You know, when they... He was probably influenced by them in the beginning, and that's what happened. It's just... It was probably his backwater movement, and he was like, oh yeah, I like that. Because I want to be like Grandpa. I love Grandpa. <laughs> I want a cool helmet. Dad doesn't let me wear cool helmets. That, his helmet is pretty cool, though. I like his helmet. Yeah, it's better than the bucket. And I like how it was damaged, like he's been the through Vader's shit. bucket? Yeah. I like Vader's helmet. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, but did you see like the, the scuffs yeah, yeah, yeah. and the dents? Yeah, yeah. That, was that was cool. cool. I liked how it had... It was me. I was some sort of fucking really dense-ass material. Because every somebody... time he drops it, it goes boom. Yeah, it doesn't bounce. Maybe it was just a magnet. <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't... shouldn't have that on your face. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. Go home. When do you drop? Right, I'm going to put this away. Okay. And we're back. Oh, great. My lovely, my lovely girlfriend. I'm a lady. You're a lady. Um... So yeah, it's Star Wars. Anything else do you want to talk about Star Wars? We saw it before the Christmas party. Yeah. Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's here. What's today's date? 20th? All right, yeah. We got five days. Oh, shit. Yeah. So you want to talk about Christmas presents? Yes, I got have... magnets. Oh, God. <laughs> here, let's, let's show No, no, people. no. Do not bring the magnets this close to the electronic Oh, equipment. yeah. That's probably a good idea. No, Sarah made me this tote bag. You were just and jumping around the story. Where is the... Where is we're talking the, about Christmas. you gotta, you got to structure <laughs> the story, all right? got to say, okay, we had a Christmas party. We had Mace, a Christmas party. Mason and Sarah had a Christmas party. And we exchanged gifts because we're friends. And Sarah got me... Or she made me a tote bag, and it looks like a notebook paper. So it's got the red line going down and the blue lines going across. It's all stitched, so you can see the individual stitches. And then she wrote in cursive, Miss Rivera, but it's stitched. It's so cute. It's going to be my teacher book bag. I'll put my books in it when I'm a teacher. And then... Careful not to rip it, because it seems small and fragile. I'm going to be carrying around, like, story books. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> Damn it, Hop on Pop, you destroyed my Christmas <laughs> No, present. I'm not doing kindergarten. <laughs> I read Hop on Pop when I was in like eighth All right, grade. But I'm not bringing it into my fifth grade classroom. I'm oh, you like... should. Hatchet. Ring. You know what's a good book? What? Hatchet. Yeah, that is a good. Hatchet book. and with every drop of blood. And Loser. This is a really good book. So my bookcase is over here and I've got all my kid books in it. Ah. Oh, and Mandy. Oh, I love that book. The fuck is Mandy? It's about an orphan and she finds a cottage. <laughs> oh, and... a single name title. A female single name title. It's about an orphan. Ooh. What? Creative. It's Mandy, for ten-year-olds. Annie. Oliver. Oh well, I think she's like in England or something. Oliver. Okay, whatever. In company. Whatever. Books are great. But up, up, but up, up. Um. Yeah. So, and then we got Sarah. Uh, Toad. Yeah, we got her a Captain Toad plushie from Captain Toad Treasure Tracker because she has been playing my Wii U at Mason's because I let him borrow it for like the past two weeks. And 
So we've had no video games. Yep, absolutely none. No, I did play a game, though. Let's finish a story. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. All right, we'll do that next. Yes, that's, that's, that's what you should have done internally. Hey, well, there's... Y'all have no structure on your podcast. Yes, I know. <laughs> you want it one? It drives me insane. All right, we'll put some music in the transitions and make it all NPR. <laughs> no, what was the song you are singing earlier? Use that one. What was I singing? Something about, like... I forget the tune. Oh, like, what? Time has come today? No, like tits and ass and <laughs> ass and tits or whatever. Wow, well now you make me seem like the biggest pervert. <laughs> no, but it was funny. You had to be there. I was there. <laughs> you were singing the Mario thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. So you're doing boop, 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 ba doo 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 Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> yeah, then officially just evolved into boop, 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 tits, tits, and ass, ass, tits. <laughs> Boop, 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 tits, tits, Yeah, do that. Well, I did it. All right, good. I'll just keep that sound bite. Awesome. What the fuck are we talking about? Presents. We got Sarah Toad. We got Sarah Toad because she really likes Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, and she's, like, obsessed about it. She almost finished it. She almost finished it, and that's just to start from the beginning. Yeah. Because Mason bought a Wii U and got Captain Toad. So, and I like Captain Toad. I mean, it's fine. I haven't mm-hmm. played much of it. Maybe I'll like it more now that I have my Wii U back. But it seemed difficult to control, but I think it's just the camera. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably get used to it. Because that's a that's a game where you have to constantly be moving yeah. toad and the camera yeah. in order to feel like you have total control. Yeah. And it and I think you can do it with the stylus too, so it might be easier to like rotate the block the little well, micro I, world. I either wanna just use the stylus or just use the buttons. I don't like switching back and forth. Or just touch. Like, well, I don't think you can't touch. I think it's a. It's uh, just the stylus. It's not capacitive. Yeah, but I want to use one or the other. I don't want to have to keep switching. No, but you have to do that for Mario Maker, and it works great. Because what you do is you have one hand on it, and it can left or right doesn't matter. Okay. Um, and all of the controls are contained to one analog stick. Uh, well, I don't remember using the buttons for Mario Maker. Well, I was just using I'm the stylus. T- I'm gonna tell you how. Okay. How to use them because there are a couple of shortcuts in the triggers. Oh. It's like copy. Um, and then multi-select, so like you hold down, and then erase. So like I think L and and or R um, is copy mode, and then LZ is multi-select, and then <clears throat> L and LZ or R and RZ are erase. Okay. And then you can hit Y, which is the run button, or Y or X, which is the run button in Mario, and it'll just make the screen move around quicker. So if you need to like get to a space really quickly. So it's it, like the second you get that down. So in that way it's kind of like I was gonna say it's it seems like it would be more for right-handed people because of the face buttons are on that side but that, that's not true because you'd have the face buttons. It's fine. It'll be fine. Okay. They thought that out. They thought that control I'll, scheme out. I'll take your word for it. It works like a charm. And then we got Mason. Yeah speaking of being on topic well, that was, Dylan. that was a logical segue. Mine's logical. You want to see how logical it is? No. <laughs> You're just going to make me sound like an idiot? Yes. Fuck you. Good talk. Yeah. And um, we got Mason. I got Mason a war t-shirt. You got Mason a war t-shirt. We got Mason a war t-shirt. War. Huh. Good God, y'all. Ward. It's the ward logo yeah 
It's the shield. Um, I liked how it, how it turned out. He really liked it. Yeah. It seemed like. Yeah. He thought it was cool. It's a great, it's a great winter present. Yeah, a short sleeve t-shirt. Yeah, t-shirt. He really liked that. And then we got Tim. The alcohol. A handle of Canadian Club. And apparently he got another handle from someone else because yeah. Mason told everyone to get Tim that. Yeah, because I asked him, I was like, if I go with booze, what does he want? He's like, well, he likes Canadian Club. And now, now they, he's got they, like... They planned that out. Yeah, bro. No, whatever. It's not like it goes bad. what I get? Oh, I got Undertale. Yeah. That's what I got. So now can we segue? Yeah, where are we segueing to? To the games, Undertale? The games we've played. Okay. So, Dylan, what have you played? Uh, well, let me tell you. I played Undertale. Undertale is fantastic. And it's so hard to... what well, it's both hard and not hard to quantify. Because, like, there are things... Like, it's funny. Like, the writing yes. is funny. And it's easy. And it's easy to explain why that's funny. But the, the art style is... You... What did you say before? You wanted to say Legend of Zelda. Is that what you said? Yeah, because he goes... Well, first, this is before the flower turned evil. But it was like... Spoilers. Okay, so you're going through this thing. You're going to meet this guy. He's going to give you some shit. Take oh, you through the okay. tutorial. Yeah. That's, thought, well, that's what it reminded okay. me of. I thought you were saying that simply because it was top-down. And that, too. It looked like it. No, it looks like Earthbound. Just the way it's designed. I'll show you Earthbound. Well, no, no, I've seen it. It looks like Earthbound in the style, but it was sparse, like Legend of Zelda. Okay. Because Earthbound had a lot of background decoration well earthbound which is mother 2 right was a super nintendo game right. so, so yeah. that's why it had but detail. mother 1 which is earthbound beginnings like if i show you earthbound beginnings it'll look almost exactly like okay. undertale but so it's about this androgynous kid like they don't clarify if it's a girl oh, or a boy i thought it was a girl I think I think it it is like because they have like promo art that's actually not the art style, not the pixel art in the game, and I think it is a little girl. Mm -hmm. But I think they may or may not keep. They that just don't want to like. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's like Steve in Minecraft, even though Steve is a super masculine name. Steve. He's got the shoulders to prove it. Steve is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man. Just working in the mines all day, working on the guns. <laughs> I lift with my shoulders. My deltoids are huge. <laughs> so in this world, they set it up. So, so the game's like from the beginning. So first off, I download the game, and it's 118 megs, and that's it. It downloaded in like 30 seconds. Meep. Yeah, it was just the, like the Steam download history, which is. Um, which was it? Or well, which one do you want? And. I'm like, oh, okay, awesome, sweet. This is, like, super optimized. Like, Peak, I don't know if you remember when we were talking about that, but Peak is, like, 98 megs. Really? Yeah. Oh. I think it's because of Unity. Okay. Um, I don't but know. Isn't it 3D, too? No. Oh. Not the I current thought, one. Okay. But it used to be. It used to be. I think it's because of Unity. I think it's because of the game engine you use. You might be able to optimize it more by, like, telling it not to include stuff when yeah. it compiles it. But I don't know what Undertale was made in. It might have been made in Game Maker. It seems like a game maker game. So then you boot up the game, and this it comes up in windowed mode. So if I have my big, I mean, how big would you say that is? Forty-five inches? No, it's like a thirty-eight. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's probably thirty-eight. Okay. Our flat screen, our Samsung that's mounted on the wall, and it's like in the middle of it, like barely taking up 
a fifth of the screen. Yeah. And I went, huh. And every time it boots up, it goes into this opening cutscene, which is like NES era Ninja Gaiden, like still frame, some text at the bottom. All right. Transition to next still frame, text on the bottom. And the noise the text makes is so annoying. What? It, like, oh, it's, it's fine, charming. but it just kept going and going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how they talk in Golden Sun. I mean, it might have been better if I was, like, actually playing, but I was just yeah. getting ready while I was playing, and that's all I could hear. And in the cutscene, they talk about how there's this huge war between humans and monsters. And the humans succeeded, and they banished all the monsters to beneath the surface of the land. And, and then it goes, in the year 2010X, it shows the main character, and she, like, he or she trips on a vine and falls down this cavern. and falls, like, like, they show the shaft... That she falls down, and it's like, stop that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and the, I don't even know a better way to word to use than shaft. It's a shaft. Okay, she falls down the shaft. Or a tunnel. But it's vertical. It's a vertical tunnel. She falls down the shaft, and it's like, it looks like a hundred foot drop, okay. by the way they show it in the cutscene. And then she survives somehow. She lands on a bed of flowers, or leaves or something. Honey, let <laughs> that, me tell you. That, that is how the game justified she survived. Actually, that's kind of ironic because they play into that in the gameplay. Because when you're traversing like a dungeon or something and you fall through a level because like the you ground. on a leaf pile? Yeah, it's a leaf pile. She shouldn't have trusted that flower to so, begin with. So because, at least it's consistent. Yes, but she should have known how does a flower survive in a dark cavern? Like obviously this thing's evil. <clears throat> Bioluminescent flower fungi. Mm -hmm. She's giving me a face. <laughs> that was a daisy. <laughs> Daisies are not bioluminescent. Daisy evolved to survive in the underground. You can buy bioluminescent creatures as pets now. Cool. I thought that was cool. That is cool. My senior project professor made the mistake, and he's a long-winded speaker. Kind of like myself. <laughs> I made the mistake of asking him what he's doing for Christmas. Oh, no. And he was like, whoa, let me tell you. I'm going to the Midwest. So the Midwest is where I'm from. I used to go and live in this little town called Pianky Tank <laughs> of Illinois. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I really want to leave. Like, it's like the last day of exams. I was Please just being polite. Leave. But something he told me was really cool is that on vacations, he goes to, like, this farmstead that his family owns. And he, like, just works on projects there. And there's, like, a lake and, you know, huge plot of land and stuff. And he said he's building this path from, like, through this wooded area from the house to this lake. And he's lining it in bioluminescent lichen or something instead of wiring lamps mm -hmm. through it all. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Look, this daisy is alive. Mm-hmm. It's not a regular daisy. No, it's... If it has a mouth, it's not sustaining itself on photosynthesis. <laughs> that should have been her second clue. <laughs> she's it's obviously consuming something else. Happiness. Blood. Blood. No, but that face was really scary. Yeah, I thought I thought that whole thing was yeah. funny. But not to spoil it anymore for anyone, but you should play that. When did it, this game come out? It came out like a month and a half ago. Oh, okay. A month or two ago. It's done really well. So Toby Fox was the developer, and it was like them and one other person, 
And Toby Fox also does like composition. So all the music was done by him. And it was a Kickstarter. And they only asked for $5,000. And they made 50000 And as of like a week or two ago, it there's like 40,000 sold copies on Steam or owned copy on, copies on Steam. So it's roughly $4 million mm-hmm. in revenue. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And, like, it's very minimal. So, you know, I'm not saying he didn't work hard on it, because he obviously did, because it shows, especially in the writing. But, man, like, it's just cool. It's yeah. just It's just amazing that, like, it it's so minimal with the pixel art and everything, but it's so effective mm-hmm. at creating this world. And, you know, it does it the same way Earthbound or Pokemon or... Yeah, pixel art is really cool in that sense. Yeah. Like, minimalism is really cool. I think I think the music helps a lot. I think the music helps a lot, and I think the UI helps a lot because people don't appreciate making pixel UI, especially that is that matches the theme of the rest of the art. Because it's very easy to just like create this UI that just seems like gaudy and because that's what you associate with pixels, it's just ugly. Well, not necessarily ugly because Club like Magden. Well, no, I like I I well, no, I like that. But what I'm yeah. saying is like when you start adding too much to it, like when you start trying to like evolving it too much, the because you know I mean look at I mean Mason is a is studying UI mm-hmm. in a sense and what he's doing, and you know UI people and I'm sure Mason would agree with this that you know UI developers and you know other art directors and stuff they need to understand on a, co- on a cohesive thing because so many times I've seen UI that just doesn't fit the tone of the game mm-hmm. like in the Witcher I, I don't feel like the UI in the Witcher kind of fits I mean the inventory stuff like the menu stuff that looks fine but like his health bar and stuff there's like a giant he has this huge wolf's head pendant that he wears and that's like in the upper left hand corner permanently like attached to the health bar and I don't think that looks good like the UI in World of Warcraft looks kind of gaudy and it has kind of like this brass trim around everything, mm-hmm. but it looks good because it fits the tone of the world. And they established that a long time ago with like Warcraft 3 and whatever, but like it still, it still fits. And like games like Pokemon, it's very minimal. Mm-hmm. It's what exactly what we're talking about. It's like it's a rectangle with like a black and white yeah, trim. Yeah, is always best. Like in Dead Space, how your UI is, like your health bar, is on the person. This health pack. No, I know what you're talking about, but I wouldn't define that as less. Yeah, it's it's like the least amount. You, but what in Pokemon? No interference there. Well, in Pokemon, when I say less, I mean like engineering effort. Oh, okay. Because like the way the reason the Pokemon and the Final Fantasy from like from the SNES era for the Nintendo era, you know, they were constrained by the hardware. That's why the UI looks that way. But it also, because it looked that way, it evoked the style and this nostalgia with people, and that's why people want to emulate it. Same thing with the Pokemon UI. <clears throat> they were they were they were limited. The Dead Space UI is minimal in a different way, and it works really well. But I'm going to guarantee you that that probably took a huge oh, yeah. engineering effort to like, and how I couldn't imagine how many times they probably had to iterate on that. And it's crazy that like more games don't. Copy that. Because it's hard to do, probably. 
Yeah, but like someone already figured it out to a certain extent. You can't like you can't I don't know, not every game is going to feature a guy in a metal spacesuit with a glowing health bar spine, but you could try strapping well, that on in different ways. Yeah, that just shows how difficult it is to find the minimalist UI. And people probably skip over that because they don't want to expend the effort. I do like when games drop out the color when people's health is low. Mm -hmm. That works well, or like the sound gets like really faded out and starts ringing a lot. They do that a lot of like military style games. I think that that works really well. I mean, because kind of getting sick of the yeah. red trim around the border or else just of the like screen. Seeing actual physical damage on your character. You, that you, would be simple. Do you ever see? Um, no, it wouldn't. I'm saying it would look simple. You don't have these things blocking your screen. Right. Um, I understand it's probably going to take a lot more to be minimalist. Yeah. And, th and they did that in um, Grand Theft Auto Five and Max Payne Three. Max Payne Three was the first place they did it, and then I think because all the bullet holes. Rockstar, yeah. <laughs> bullet time, bullet holes, baby. It's what it's all about. And then, shit. I was I was going to mention another example. Three D or two D? I don't remember. Oh crap. Yoshi's Island. I think it was something about health. Yoshi's Island is the perfect game. Yes. It's just... I love that game. <laughs> you played like 10 minutes of it. I love it. <laughs> okay. It's a beautiful game. And fuck anyone who doesn't agree. <laughs> who doesn't agree? People no. out there. No. Look, Mason thinks that Super Mario World is the best Mario game. I've never game. played it. Well, you've played Super Mario All-Stars. Is that two? No. What's Mario World? Mario World's the Super Nintendo one. It might not have been an All-Stars. They did make a pack where they put... No, All-Stars has one, one, two, three, Lost, lost levels, levels, and that's it. Yeah. Well, they re-released a version of it that had Super Mario World in it. Um, well, Super Mario World, the skin is in Mario Maker, I can show you. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. I think Super Mario Bros. 3 is the best-looking Mario game ever. It's pretty. And um, I'm going to just... Reiterating that since Mason's not here. <laughs> I like all of the 2D ones except for two because, I mean, I'm not saying I don't like it, but it's not my favorite just because it's so different from I, the first I, But that's why one. people love it. No, it's yeah, so it's, it's great, but like for me, it doesn't evoke Mario. It's oh. like Mario's pot dream. That's what it is. I know, which is weird. <laughs> it's not his pot dream, but it's. This is dream. You know what the. You know no. what the world's called, right? Yes, I've seen What's the, the world intro. Called? His dream. No, it's called Subcon. Oh. It's what the world is called. Okay. Mushroom Kingdom, and you have Subcon. Do you realize how many times I've watched that intro? But because the intro doesn't... Does the intro allude to... I can only get to level two in that game. <laughs> so I've played... In what world? Like, level... The first one. <laughs> what? Okay, granted, I was a kid when I played this, you so... I... We can get an emulator on here in like three minutes. I can minutes. go to my grandma's and play it. Oh, uh, you're going to drive two hours to Kilmarnock as opposed to us just installing it right here. I can probably get it on the Wii U. Yeah, but I got other games to play. Okay, I'm not saying you have to play this, but I'm saying like if you ever want to see more. If no, you, I know. I could if probably. If you ever want to see Mouser or <laughs> Wart or Blazer, I think was one of the what I'm saying boss's is, names. I'm like, that game is cool. I'm not that interested in it. Okay, that's fair. That and that's why I like I don't like it that much. But. So it's the Star Wars of the no <laughs> Mario no. franchise. It's got a good story. 
It's got story. Like, it's got the most story of any Mario game. So, well, I think the Mario games do really well with visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Because... Okay, it's got more setup than the other games do. Right. Well, so I just realized this relatively recently ago. Do you know what the setup is for Super Mario Bros. 3? Peach is stolen. There's there's more to it. How does... What is the start... Like, what is the intro cinematic for Super Mario Bros. 3? Oh, the curtains come up and it goes... Yeah. And then it plays the music. Um, and you, if you're playing with Luigi, you can fight each other on the screen. If you want, before you press start. The curtains come oh, up. Oh, so it's a play? It's a play. Awesome. So when you reach to the end of the level, you know how it turns... Black? Yeah. That's them walking off the stage. Oh, okay. So the entire game is a play. Ah, I like I th- it. I think that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then, two, like we and said. it's got the map, and in how some movies you travel on the map, you see the characters <laughs> going Like in Indiana Jones, where he's flying the plane yeah. and dotted the line. Yeah. Yeah. That, the overworld map and the Super Leaf are probably like the two biggest innovations that Super Mario Bros. 3 brought. Because the world map, you know, has been used since then. Mm-hmm. Sporadically, obviously. Like, but it was good. Yeah. It was used in World. It was used... Uh, it wasn't used in Yoshi's Island, but it was used in Super Mario Galaxy 2 is one of the other places I remember. But all the other 3D ones don't use that. They use the one that they invented for Super Mario 64. What were you talking about? Undertale? So, Undertale... So, un- getting back on topic. You got more to talk about? <laughs> well, let me just tell you a little bit more about the writing. Okay. How funny it is. Because I know you saw a little bit of it because I kept pointing it to you. I was like, yeah. look at this. This line is great. So, I didn't understand people's obsession with these two skeleton characters in this game. Oh. Until I started playing yeah. it. And now I understand people's infatuation with them. So, there are two skeleton characters. I already knew a little bit of this setup before I played it. And their names are Sans and Papyrus. And Papyrus. <laughs> and their text boxes, the font they use is their name. So Sans speaks in Comic Sans. Mm-hmm. And, his, and his, his voice, you know, when they do it, is like, Papyrus is like a little scratchier. It's like, and then Papyrus obviously talks in Papyrus. So they're brothers. And so. The first place you get into when you fall down the cavern, you come into these ruins, and then after you leave the ruins, you come into this snowy area that's back on the surface. And Sans and Papyrus, who are two brothers, are both... So Sans is like the lazy one, and Papyrus is like, he wants to achieve something. So he wants to be like... That really speaks to those fonts. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, Papyrus wants to like be part of the Royal Guard, and the way he wants to do that is that they are responsible for catching humans. Mm-hmm. That because there's still this huge feud between humans and monsters. So Sans is the first one you run into, and Sans like, well, oh, okay, <laughs> and so he's just you know being friendly with you and stuff, and plays you know jokes on Papyrus. It like doesn't tell Papyrus immediately that he's found you and all this stuff, and like just wants to joke around with him so like you stay back while sans goes forward and talks to papyrus who's like like or he goes sans he's like why haven't you you're always so lazy have you not found any humans or anything it was like hey papyrus 
I work a ton. A skeleton. And the screen <laughs> pans over to Papyrus, zooms in on him, he winks, and then it goes boom. <laughs> Oh, that's and the fact that it is like a old school 2D sprite based game, yeah. you think it's a static screen, yeah. so it's always locked on you. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Like it's amazing, and they just do so many jokes. It's it is weird. Like it's I've never laughed so much at a game. Like there's a part where like you, like you do before, like you fall down this this passage, and you land in this in this small snowy area, and there are two snowmen. And one of them is just a pile of snow, just just a ha haphazard <laughs> pile of snow with the word sands written in it. And then another one is a sculpture, a snow sculpture of papyrus. It's just, it's perfect. And then there's a part where, like, and all the flavor text is amazing too. So, like, you go to, there's a part where you you just see all these mounds of snow piled up. And you go to each one. And the first one goes, this is a snow puff. And you go to the next one. It's like, what's this? A snow puff. And then you go to the next one. Alas, another snow puff. And they just keep, like, they just keep doing tricks on that joke. Mm -hmm. And, like, the second to last one is like, you found two gold pieces in the snow puff. <laughs> and it's just jokes on, like that. And it's it's amazing. And so Papyrus eventually finds you. Mm -hmm. And he's like... Wait, Sans doesn't... Reveal you to him? I for, I forget what the actual oh, reveal is, yeah. but like he he's <laughs> no, it's like this because you walk to this, you walk down this pathway like through the middle of this woods in the snow area, and Sans and Papyrus are talking, and Papyrus goes, "Oh my God, what is that?" And then it pans over to you, and Sans goes, "That's a rock." And then it pans a little bit more, and there's a rock <laughs> behind you. It's, Papyrus is like, "Oh, okay." It's like. And then Sans is like, what is that in front of the rock? Oh my god! This <laughs> is stupid. Like, I shouldn't be laughing at this joke. Like, it's yeah. such lowbrow humor. It's great. Um, and then, so they're also responsible for creating these traps, these puzzles. Mm -hmm. And they all suck. Mm -hmm. They're all, like, really bad. And there's one, like, the last puzzle. So you go through all these puzzles that have, like, not much difficulty to them. And the last puzzle is... And it's Papyrus putting out all these traps, like Sans isn't doing anything. And you come to this platform, and Papyrus and Sans are on the other side of the platform. <laughs> and you're standing there, and he's like, alright, this is the last test. And he has, like, a device, like a switch next to him. And between you and him, the platform looks like a disco floor, where it's all multicolored. He's like, alright, all these different colors do something different. Uh, the blue ones are water, so you can go through them. But if you go on to an orange one before you go through a blue one, the orange one gives you this like scent, and the prawns in the white or in the yellow and and the blue one will attack you. It's like and then there's the yellow one. The yellow ones will electrocute you, and the red ones, the red ones are lava. You can't touch that. And the pink ones, the pink ones are okay. And then there are the there are the green ones. It's like you can go through those too, and he like just keeps listing colors. It's like okay, you got all that. And you say yes or no. It's like and in my head I was like yeah okay I got it. It's like okay. And this will be completely random. It was like, we have no idea how it, the layout will be. And he hits the switch and all the lights start flashing. And then it just creates a perfect path of pink between you nice. and them. <laughs> and Papyrus's reaction is he just spins in place and then spins off screen. Like, <laughs> just like spins around and then goes. Yeah. 
It's amazing. That's pretty good. It's so great. That's my kind of humor. It's just so dumb. That's and, my kind of humor. Or there's a part where, like, Sans tells you that you're probably going to have to fight Papyrus at some point. And he's like, okay, keep an eye out for his blue attack. And it highlights the word words blue attack and blue. So a good way to remember this is stop signs. You know how stop signs are red? And stop signs mean stop? Well, just imagine a blue stop sign. Oh, God. It's like, so all you need to do is whenever Papyrus attacks with his blue attack, think of a blue stop sign, and then the words blue stop sign are in yellow. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. That sounds good. I want to play it. Yeah. Apparently, this, the difficulty spikes later on. Uh -huh. And the game's not, it game's like, it, it's like active turn-based. Um, kind of like the Penny Arcade games were. So what happens is you go into battle and the enemy, all you can see is the enemy. You can't see yourself. So it's, it's first person, like Earthbound, like exactly like Earthbound. Like all you can see. So you're just in the battle. You're just represented by a menu. Like this is your health. This yeah. is blah, blah, blah. And then you can either, and there's like four actions you can take. There's like attack items, um, action and the actions are like, talk to them, mm -hmm. you know, interact with them. Or the last one's Mercy. In Mercy, you can either run away or you can take Mercy on them and not attack them. And there are only certain enemies that that works against. And they tutorialize that for you. It's like, okay, you can take Mercy on enemies that, if their names are in yellow in the battle, otherwise you have to attack them. And then you choose who you want to attack if you're attacking... And then this bar shows up that's like a meter, like in a golf game, where it's a bar that goes across the screen. There are different zones, and you want to land it in the center zone because that does the most damage. And then, depending on what kind of weapon you have, you might have to do something extra. So, like, I'm using, like, I forget what the, the item's called. I think it's called, like, hard hands or hard fists or something, or hard mittens. And so you select, and when the bar lands, you have to rapidly hit uh, the attack button again. And then, so, like, a fist appears on top of the enemy. It's like, boom, 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 boom. And then, that does it. And I wasn't doing it the first couple times I got the item, so I was doing no damage. Mm -hmm. Until I saw the prompt that said, oh, press press the action button. When it's the enemy's turn, you're represented by a heart. And so in the field where... Just like in the first part with the flower? Yes. Your soul. So, yeah. So the heart represents your soul. And so in the field where the meter was, there's now a rectangle or something... It can be a, a, a differently sized box. Sometimes it's a square, sometimes it's a rectangle. And your heart spawns in the center. And then depending on what kind of enemy you're attacking, they have different attacks that do different stuff. So like, usually it takes the form of like a bunch of circles bounding across the screen. And if any of them touch your heart, you take damage. Um, so, and so you have control over the heart and you can move it around. Or there is one where I fought a dog a giant dog in a suit of armor. And his attack was there was a little dog sprite that bounded across the screen and tried to jump at me and attack the heart. Or it had another attack where it would bark. And so... You'd have to avoid the... The barks. Yeah. The barks should come out as something. So it's fun. So it's engaging. So it's not just me, like, mashing the A button, mm -hmm. the selecting attack every time. Attack, attack, attack. Phoenix down. Attack, attack, attack. Do you have any idea how far you are into the game? Mason said it was like five hours long. Mm -hmm. um, I've played it for like an hour and a half so far, so... 
So I'm curious when that difficulty spike, and I think they've changed the gameplay mechanics later on. So we will see what we will see. What have you played? I've been playing Monument Valley. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you buy it? Or you got it for free? I got it for free. Okay. Well, that doesn't count. It's not. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't pay us to their due. So isn't that a sensible transition from Cat and Toad to games I've been playing? Because this is very much like Cat and Toad. Oh, yeah. I think so. What? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not crazy. Yeah, we'll just rewind the clock <laughs> 30 minutes ago. <laughs> no, yeah, so there are 10 levels in that game on, on level 5. But I also played this extra part, which, um, what was the girl's name, Ida? Yes. Ida's Dream, which is just like extra sets of levels. Okay. And then there's another bit you can buy, it's $2. I didn't buy it. So there's more than just those 10 levels. So I, I played up until level 5, and then I did Ida's Dream. Wait, there's only 10 levels in the game? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Because they've got the spinning mosque thing in the menu, and it shows you all the levels. Yeah, I thought there were going to be more mosques that were going to spawn after I finished that one. No, it's the same mosque, and as you turn it, each new side reveals the next level. So it's cool. four-sided, but it's actually showing you all 10, yeah. and then... You have to swipe when, backwards to... When you reverse backwards, it goes back to one. That's cool. So that game like kind of messes with your mind like that, like things just. It's like an M. C. Escher. Don't work right. <laughs> painting. Yeah. Come to life. But they work really well. Yeah. That way. So like, there is some sort of structure in the original ten. You move the blocks, and the blocks are blocky, but they fit together and they form new paths, yeah. and you know. So it's taking advantage of perspective because yes. there are parts where it's like it. this. This. In terms of perspective, because isometric, this platform obviously is lower than this other platform, right. but and when you rotate it, it takes advantage of the perspective and they connect, and right. so you're able to traverse. What's that painting with the stairs? Like stairs to nowhere or something? I don't know. Never ending I mean, stairs. that's an MC Escher. Yeah, it's right? like that. So the stairs like lead to where they shouldn't in real life. But in the dream, some of the blocks do even different things, more different things, like they twist. So what's a twist? And what's a twist? What's a twist? Or uh, you start walking on other sides of the blocks, so you're like walking upside down and stuff, or like on the sides. So you've got to figure out how to get to the other side because there's no jumping, it's just walking. No jumping. No jumping. No jumping. Um, and it's really cool because whenever you spin a lever or turn a dial or anything, there are specific music notes that come with it. Okay. So, say you're spinning something and there's four locking positions it can go into. Mm -hmm. Every time it passes that locking position, it'll say it'll do that note. So if you spin it really fast, it plays them really fast. Or if you just boop it once, it'll go boop. But then there's also music playing in the background, so you're adding to the music as you're playing. That's cool. Um, and I like it because it's all touch because it's on your phone. It's very visceral. It's simple. When you're rotating this stuff. And it's got a good UI. It's very that is none. No, it's very minimalistic. There is something on... On the upper left-hand corner. No. There's that circle. It takes you back to the menu. Yeah, there's that. But whenever you finish a level, it reminds you that in the middle you can swipe down the camera and you can take a picture of the level. A screenshot. Oh. Yeah. Wait. But you can just take a screenshot normally with an iPhone. No, but it allows you to zoom and pan over. Ooh. Yeah. And, like, it's moving, so if you want a specific part of the movement, 
it's easier to capture that way. That explains how all these articles about Monument Valley got all these really nice shots. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, they are zoomed in. I'm like, how did they... Is this, like, an asset that the developer gave you? Yeah. Now you can zoom in pretty far. But, so there's a problem with that because it's so minimalistic. I had no idea what these buttons did, so I was like, okay, what's this button? All right, that's the camera. What's this button? All right, back to menu. What's this button? Uh, delete my save. No, one of the buttons, that's how I found the Ida's Dream because it led me to a menu with extra levels. I was like, oh, okay. This is cool. Um, there is an option, though, to get rid of your saves. Great. <laughs> so don't... It says it in words, so it's explicit. Um, but yeah, it's pretty. And there are these crows. And the first time I saw them was in the dream sequence. And they're just loud and annoying, and they don't want you to go near them. If you tap them, they squawk at you. And they squawk intermittently, so they add to the music. And then later on in the levels, they start walking around, so they block your path. So you have to figure out how to navigate around them because you can't. It's if it's a single block path, you can't go around it. You either gotta step aside and let them pass, or move a block so that they go to a different path so you can pass. Mm -hmm. Path pass. Yeah, and it's really good puzzles. Like I feel so stupid when I can't figure something out. I'm like, well, it just must be impossible. This is broken. There's no way I can't do it. And then I keep playing around and I figure it out. I'm like. Oh, of course. That was, that was so easy. I am a genius. So asinine. I am the smartest person in the world. <laughs> I remember when I was so ignorant. But then I realized people made this game, and they came up with all of this complexity, and I'm just like, wow, they're a lot smarter than me. <laughs> oh, that's not true. It's just... It, a lot of thought went into this. Yeah. It's just like Portal. Yeah. Like, oh, I love Portal. There are times in Portal. I need to play that. I still haven't finished it. There are times in Portal... Where you, you think you think you're just are we are we workshopping titles for the podcast now? <laughs> no, I thought we were doing word. No, no, I mean for the episode. Oh no, I don't know. You do that. I'm, okay. Mm. Um, skiing for real. Skiing for real. <laughs> I've never been skiing. Focus. <laughs> uh, there's a part. There's some. Levels in Portal where you're just like, you feel like you're just doing the hackiest solution ever. It's like, all right, I'm yeah. standing on the edge of this yeah. thing and like shooting and so around the corner. And, and when it's like that, you feel like, okay, this is obviously not the way, but I'm going to do it anyway because who would ever do this? Like, no one's going to figure this <laughs> out. A human being created this torture yeah. device. Yeah, Portal's good. And so is Monument Valley. I'll, I'll play more of it. I have it. And there's a story to it. There's this like genie guy. I don't know if he's a genie. He's blue and he floats. <laughs> it's my definition of what a genie is, so... Um, so, I don't know. Like, whenever you meet him, he tells you something to, like, add to the plot. So at first, he seems like this benevolent dude. Mm -hmm. And then the second time you meet him, he's mean and calls you a thief. But every time she finishes a level, she gives a polygonal figure... Yeah. To the platform. And it floats up. So yeah, there's some sort of story going on. But it's the same figure, so maybe she's stealing it after no, she gives so, it up. No, some of them are squares, some of them are triangles. Uh, some of them are... One of them was a solid diamond, so... Yeah. Not a diamond. How many carrots? It's a diamond shape. Solid. Diamond shaped diamond. No, it was green. Turquoise, whatever. Diamond shaped emerald. No. No, wrong. 
And I thought the the shape kind of coincides with the level. Because the triangle one, the level was very vertical. Mm-hmm. And it had a base. And then you grew the level. From the base? Yeah, depending Some on... Some say extended. <sighs> erect. Depending on... What Phallic. You, yep. Mm-hmm. Penis. Yep. Go on. No, I, that, you summed it up perfectly. Oh, good. <laughs> this porn game you've been playing. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. You been playing anything else? Uh, I got my Wii U back. Finally. <laughs> good for My exams have been over for, what, two weeks? No, um, what? I, no, what? I haven't been able to play Mario. It feels like two weeks. Mm. Uh, so you haven't been able to play Mario Maker? Oh, I'm so excited. So I was going to make a level that was all sounds. It was an underwater level. Oh, God. Fuck, so that. fuck that level. My plan was, as you swim, you make music. And there weren't going to be very many enemies. Enemies. The point. An enemies. Yeah, the point. I don't think you can put enemies in. They might randomly spawn. Like, they're part of the ground foliage. No, I don't think they have. They have seaweed, but that's all they have. My goal was to make music as you swam. Yeah. But you can't fill up all the spaces because no. you run out of music blocks. Yes. That's ridiculous. It's probably a memory You're stunting constraint. stunting my creativity. Well, so my dovetail level that I made, which is like that torture gauntlet, yeah. was going to be way longer. Oh, but you ran out. But you're limited by items, too. Okay. So you only have a limited amount of items. And I think it's just a memory constraint. Or it's something. Cause, Could I mean, they really not record more than one sound bite? At a time. That's also probably a memory constraint. Really? Yeah. Because they have to upload all that stuff. Okay. Because, like, they don't have your voice pre-recorded in their no, server, No, but why so... can't you record, like, three things? I don't know. Well, that also doesn't make sense because you can't upload created sounds anyways. You can only use... If you upload a level online, you can only use the preset sounds. So I can't use my own? Mm -hmm. So how did that person make the Lil Wayne level? They did that. Or a little John. They didn't upload that. They just uh, recorded it. okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, yeah. There's the, um, the what are those. Oh, uh, yeah. Karibo's <laughs> boot. Yeah. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> Your dad. I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, I need to play more Mario Maker. Me too. Uh... No more Fallout? Oh, your computer's broken. No, it's working for Fallout. She's not working right. for Rocket League for some fucking reason. And I think it's just Rocket League's problem, because Mason said he was having troubles with it, too, where it was, like, doing a number. You gonna sneeze? Uh, it went back in. You scared it. <laughs> <laughs> Ate my sneeze. Um. Uh, where it says doing a number on his graphics card. Like, he can play it, but it's doing something. Yeah. So I think. Um, so I replaced my graphics card and my power supply. And I was still getting that problem where it was shutting down and restarting. And But I'm getting it a lot less now. So I'm not getting it all with Fallout. And I'm not getting it with any other game. I'm not getting it with Undertale. I'm only getting it with Rocket League at the menu. Which is strange. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not really a... It's, it's, but it's, it's not graphically related. I'm okay. pretty sure it's related to some sort of memory leak or something. Okay. It might be partially Rocket League's fault. It might be partially my own fault. It's like a software thing. Yeah. But if it happens anywhere else, not with Rocket League... Then you know it's a hardware thing. Yeah. Okay. 
So I'm just waiting for that to happen, then going in and spending Ugh. another $200 Ugh. on a motherboard and a new CPU. Because I was going to replace the CPU anyway, so if yeah. I'm going to a new motherboard. But Rock, but not Rocket League, but Fallout looks great now. I'm good. I mean, it looks better. Uh, I found some glasses. So my character wears glasses now. Yeah. The aviators? Yeah. Okay. No, they only look like aviators in oh, shadow. They're, they're they're actually reading glasses. They're transitions. Sure. Transition lenses. I don't think they're supposed to transition no. though. Well. I am literally maybe fifty feet from the vault. <laughs> That's how far I am <laughs> well, in that you, game. You level like three? Two? I stepped out of the vault. No, but I, what is your level? I don't know. Scabby. I don't or pay three. attention to that. You're a level up. Well, you need to because you need to put your skills and you're not going to do well. I just want to build my house and find things and maybe make some friends. All right, exploration exploration is permissible. I'm level... I just don't really care for shooting and crap. Like, it's well, fun every game. once in a while. I know, but Well, like, I mean, you can play a pacifist. Right, yeah, that's what I'm going to do because that's what I like doing. Pacifist through someone's skull. You can play unarmed. Just be a boxer. There's a boxing glove. Is there an achievement you can get for not killing anyone? I am. I'm looking at any achievements. They probably wouldn't put Just that in there. Just play with a knife. <laughs> Slice and dice. Is there a speed run Fallout? I'm sure there are plenty. Ugh. Um, is there an achievement? Probably not. That's not stuff they would give you achievements for. They give you achievements for when you like finish story quests and stuff. Uh, Fine glasses. I um. I'm level 41, 42. And I finished the main storyline. I thought it was, thought it was okay. Um, but the second I finished it, because it felt like it came way too soon, because it didn't seem like there was a lot of side stuff like handed to me. Maybe I didn't seek it out enough. But the second I finished the what? What? It's gone. Okay. The second I finished the main story, I kind of like sat there for a second. I was like, I don't think I want to play Fallout anymore. No. But. I'm kind of back into it because there's still some stuff with, like, the Minutemen that I can do. And then I'll see if I can find any other side quests. Otherwise, might be done, might not be. So Fallout, spoiler alert, did you find your son? Yeah. I found my son. He's old as fuck. He is old. He's an old, old man. Does he die? Um, you kill him. And oh, his, no! You don't, you don't, like, put a bullet in him. God. But you're... Well, he's dying anyways. Just as bad as Kylo Ren. Because he has cancer. No, you're just as bad as Darth Vader. Get the references right. Whatever. Uh, he's the same person. <laughs> no, he wants to hear that. He's the reincarnation of Darth Vader. So, um... I think all the main story stuff was was pretty good. Up until the point where, like, you just were, like decimating everyone like they build a relationship they build a good foundation with a relationship between you and your son but they don't really go far enough with it i feel because he just makes these wild choices like so in all bethesda games you're like set as the head of all of the whatever so like in the uh, elder scrolls games you become the Archmage of the Mage's College, you become the head of the Fighter's Guild, you become the head of the Dark Brotherhood, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. And does it really make sense? It's like you walking around with like all of these titles, like yeah. I am just the king of everything. Well, wasn't it? Um, that's that one guy who does really fast video game re reviews. The videos with the yellow. 
and he's wearing a hat. What? The guy on YouTube. He does. Oh, the guy on YouTube. We watched his Fallout 4 review. With Mason? No, you and me. I don't remember that. The guy, he, like, hid the little characters, they've got circles for hands, and they're white, and he wears a hat. Oh, What's oh, oh, the zero punctuation videos. Yeah, he basically said the same thing. He just, they just hand out titles to you. Well, that's, that's like, but, like, that's just a known thing throughout Bethesda games. Like, it's just, that's the power fantasy part of it that they mm. just aren't very good at explaining because they just have to do it. Mm. Um, it, it kind of sucks, but whatever. But, like, the one for the Institute makes zero sense besides the fact that it's your son that gives it to you. He's just like, I'm dying. I'm putting my son as the director of the Institute. My son? I mean, my father. That's weird. Despite the fact that, you know, he is an outsider. He works for other organizations that are against you yeah, that you may or may not know. He, and I mean, the, and the Railroad does the same thing because when you first join the Railroad, they're like, oh, you work with the... Brotherhood of Steel, and that one is a little better explained because like you work with the Brotherhood of Steel, but we can use you against them. But like, what's not to say that he's a double agent? Like, there's just this weird blinding trust. And yeah, and the and Yahtzee for zero punctuation goes into that. But it they went they went so far with the relationship between you and your son, but they didn't get far enough. Like, there are some really emotional parts where like. Some of the dialogue choices I made when I was talking to Sean, it's just like, you know, Sean, no matter what, I still love you. And it's like, that is, like, this man went through hell and back to find you. And then, and they never really go enough with his villainy, too. Like, there's no... Well, did they want to make him the villain? Well, yeah, because you end up destroying the Institute if you side with the brother right, of Steel. but isn't the Institute the villain, not necessarily your son? He just happens to run it. Yeah, but he is willingly choosing to run it. That's the thing. Like, he he is the embodiment of all of the ideals of the Institute. Because okay. there's a part where he he goes outside. When you finish a mission, he's standing on the top of the um, one of the old CIT buildings. He's like, this is the first time I've ever been outside. Like, now, now I know the state of things. Now I know how bad the world is. And this place is lost. And so they do touch on that stuff. But, like, that's still isn't enough for you to willingly want to kill your son. Like, because when you meet him before you destroy the Institute, like, he's on his deathbed, or he's he's not really dying. Because, I mean, he's talking to you fine. He's not like he's, like, short of breath yeah, or anything. He's but he's dying. It's like, pick him up. Take him with you. And it's the fact that it's a game. I think the fact that they let it be a game in those parts, mm -hmm. it's there are some leaps of logic that yeah. they didn't go all the way. Because it, it's really good in a lot of places, but it's just the motivations... And they did it in other Bethesda games better because, like, since it's kept in third person and your voice is, and your character isn't given a voice, they are, you're allowed to personify your character internally more. But the second you gave them a voice, like, you need to see more on-screen rationalization for why your character is doing these things. Because I am no longer my character. My character is no longer an avatar for me. I am controlling this other person and I am determining things for him but he is not me. So I know why I want to do these things, but I don't know why he wants to do these things. Mm -hmm. Not entirely. So there's that. But otherwise, I thought, you know, Bethesda is up there with characterization. They just tried to do the Mass Effect, Walking Dead style of conversation, and they got close, but I think 
Walking Dead especially. It's not as entertaining. Oh, I like it. I, you know, I, I think that's cool. I think it's weird otherwise. The weirdest one was in the first Dragon Age, where, like, they wanted it both ways. Yeah. <clears throat> where the camera would pull out. Well, it was third person anyway, so the camera would focus on your character, but your character wouldn't talk, so you just pick the dialogue right. choice and then it would go to the other character. Right. Which is, like, what they do in the previous Bethesda games, but also, like, it's got... Well, that makes sense when you're reading the dialogue, you don't want to hear it again. But with this one, you don't know what it's going to be exactly, so that's why you hear it. No, but even in Mass Effect, like, the lines that you choose are pretty close to what he says, but I still want to hear what he says. So when I went from playing Mass that's Effect... that's just repetitive. It's, it's, it takes up your time. You'd end up skipping it if that happened. No, like, I don't. Yes, you would. No, I don't. Well, the majority of people would. You don't know that. People don't want to read something and that's then why you don't say, to them. But that's that's why you don't repeat what it says. And right. They, and they don't do that in any game that does the dialogue choice and then the character speaks it. It's never one-to-one -one on there. Right. That's not what I was saying. What I was saying was that I don't want to see the character... Like, I don't want a camera shot of him and him be silent and me pick a dialogue choice. If, if the character is going to be silent, make it first person. But don't give me this thing where I'm looking at this mime that is somehow telepathically talking to everyone in the game. That's what they did in Dragon Age. And does, they, they the, realized that problem. Does the point of view really matter? Yes, because there's a difference. There is a psychological difference in my mind between a first person game and a third person game. A first person game, you are the character. Right, no, yeah. You are the person. I understand. But in a third-person game, you are watching a character, and you are sometimes controlling them. I know, but... That's, you, that's the difference. Would you rather be staring at the person you're talking to during that silence? Would you and rather... And like, all right, well, I'm thinking, hang on, awkward pause. If this was a real conversation, <laughs> this would be really no, I'm, weird. No, I'm not saying the pause is the awkward part. I'm saying the fact that you choose the dialogue, and he doesn't say anything, so you just... Because you read it in your mind. Yeah, but I don't. I'm already saying. I already said what I needed to say is that you don't see the you see the character and you don't hear what he says. Okay, that's probably a big deal for you, but I don't see the problem with that. I bet it's a big deal for a lot of people. Okay, for sure. Or, shh. Who that? That is my papa. What he say? He needs something. He needs me to bring something. Want to come home? I'm Damn hungry. It. <laughs> Are we done? On that note, are we done? Uh, can we take a snack break? I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, what, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, How hungry are you? This much. Yeah. It's about a foot long. You a foot long? No. Want to go black sheep? No. <laughs> Tired of bread. I got a bagel today. Yeah, how was your bagel? Bagely. Did you schmear on it? No, I got a tofu schmear. No, I got egg and spinach bagel, good. and then I had that bacon that it took to work, so I put the bacon on it oh too. Oh my god, you're fucking customizing the bagel after well, the Well, I had all this bacon. <laughs> How was it? It's a lot of bacon. <laughs> I ate too much bacon so today. Tell, so tell me about this pepperoni bagel. Yeah, so the lady behind me got a pepperoni bagel, and so I'm it's, just imagining. It's a, so it's like a, it's like a bagel it's size like a pizza. Yeah. They put cheese on it, and then they put yeah. pepperonis. But doesn't it come in a box? No. Like, don't they box it up for you? No. Because I saw Eric get it once. Well, that's probably what they do, like, for...
for maybe to go like five shops. Or yeah, if you have five of them. Eric probably got five of them. You probably got five of them. <laughs> and some Skittles. So. <laughs> yeah. Wait, we only sell Skittles here. <laughs> I brought them. <laughs> so my personal Skittles. That boy. He runs on Skittles. Yeah. He runs on diabetes. Um, How perfect was it when Tim opened the Reese's yeah. Cups? Yeah, so we did White Elephant at the party, too. And uh, I Pollyanna, whatever. Black Christmas, White Elephant, Pollyanna. There's another one. What was it Some called? Some people call it Black Christmas. Yeah, and the, it's also called, uh, what do you say, Yankee? Dan called it Yankee trading? Indian giving? No, it was called Yankee something. Yankee candle? Yeah. <laughs> Yankee Doodle Dandy. I forget Here, what it's called. I've got my laptop. Oh, yeah, I've got your laptop. Look it up. No, um, put your mini computer away. My smartphone? My smartphone that's worth more than that Chromebook you have? Oh, don't be mean. It's right here. It can hear me. I didn't care. Um, hey, watch this. Yankee giving. <laughs> I'm looking up. Oh, Yankee swap. Yankee swap. A white elephant gift exchange or Yankee swap. Yeah, I'm on that Wikipedia page too. Wait, why isn't Black Christmas on here? I don't think that's a name. No, I'm pretty sure it's a name. Variations. Oh, no. Oh my god, Emerson wouldn't shut up about him saying that, like, if you get stolen from, you can't steal from someone else in the same round. Because that's probably the rules he goes by. I just hate that. Like, the fact that he was just shouting in my face about it, like, dude. Let it go. No, I think the problem was you were the only sober one there, and so everyone was shouting, but everyone else was like, this is our normal voices. Mm. Um, yeah, so we did White Elephant, and I bought a one-pound Reese's. It was two half-pound Reese's cups, so it was one oh, pound in total. We intended Tim to get it. And Tim did get it. He opened it. And he then, got stolen by and, Emerson. And Emerson stole it. Which is also a good candidate for those Reese's Cups, because he's <laughs> a stick. And then, what did you get? Oh, I you got, got those magnets. You got the magnets. Um, and I got a Christmas sweater. And everyone was, like, hating on the magnets, and I'm just sitting there like, well, I'm going to take those. <laughs> I thought they were cool. That's <laughs> the sound they make. A zhong, zhong, zhong. <laughs> just makes the law and order sound when you throw it in the air. Yep. You used to think you're gonna die? You used to think you're gonna die? <laughs> I didn't get any Jar Jar in that movie. No Jar Jar! No cameos! <laughs> Not even like another a single species, species, yeah. No Gungan statues. No Gungan style. No Gungan ears. Pickled Gungan ears. <laughs> Ew. No. <laughs> Man, fuck Star Wars. <laughs> no, like as a kid, Jar Jar was perfect. Yeah. Jar Jar's for the kids. <laughs> this one's for the kids. <laughs> this is for the kids! George, George, please don't. For the kids! <laughs> Alright, anything else? Mm, uh, what are you doing for Christmas? Uh, going home. Yeah? You're mm. going to come to my Christmas Eve party. Your Christmas party? So you can avoid going to church. <laughs> I mean, you are invited to my Christmas Eve party, so unfortunately you'll have to miss church. I will have to abstain from going to church. We're having a Mexican-themed <laughs> Christmas Eve party. 
party. You will fit perfectly. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Sammy's just going to be seeing Felice Navidad in the corner. Uh, no, yeah. Did I show you that video? No. My little brother at a school recital. Oh, gosh. And they're singing, and he's singing Felice Navidad, and he yawns in the middle of the song. <laughs> Was he like... But I remember doing that too as a kid. Was he dressed as a bandito? No, they all had like... Shooting off no. revolvers. They all had Christmas stuff on. He wore his tux. He, like, <laughs> he likes wearing his tux. Was <laughs> that school photo of him where... Yeah. <laughs> Injured? Or in an accident? <laughs> Call Sammy and Sammy. Uh, and then there's... um, Yeah, I did a Christmas recital where I had to wear a yarmulke because we did the uh, Hanukkah part. And my yarmulke kept falling off. My teacher snatched it from me. She was standing at the edge of the stage. She's like, Give it up! So the, did they give you yarmulkes? Yeah. Okay. You didn't have to supply your own. No, I didn't. I don't have my own yarmulke. You gotta ask all your Jew friends. I'm, I need a yarmulke a, for the, 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 the recital. A, I'm not a practicing Christian. I wouldn't be a practicing Jewish person either. So, what else? Yeah, any Christmas traditions? We talked about Christmas traditions yeah. a couple weeks back. What are your Christmas traditions? Um, well, our Christmas Eve party, we switch off between our house and my aunt's house. This year it's at our house. And we didn't used to have themes, but we started theming it. Oh, would that start with the ho-ho-ho theme? Yeah, Brienne, my cousin, wanted to have a ho-ho-ho themed Christmas Eve party. So everyone dressed. So all the girls dressed as hoes, and Albert dressed as a pimp, but he like, Took it off. Did you really? Yeah, he like put, cause... Like he had like a zoot suit? Like how do you dress? No, he put on a suit and then he had a cane. Okay. Did he have a hat with a feather in it? Uh, yeah, I think so. It I'm was... sure my brother has a hat like that. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was like the first Christmas Eve party in a while that my Uncle Jack went to. Yeah. And yeah. so wonder, he, he, sees, why. he sees his daughters and his niece and his wife and his sister-in-law dressed as hoes, and he's like, oh god, this is awful. And now he never comes... No, and he, like, he never comes to family functions, and the one he does come to, it's awful. Yeah, well, this is the reason why. No, but my mom didn't dress as a hoe. Your mom, like, upended that theme. She dressed as a ho-ho! <laughs> so well. It was, like, props to Karen, because that was amazing. Yeah, it was She just, like, covered herself in tinfoil and bought a no, bunch of... No, it was not... a cardboard roll, so she was circular. Uh-huh. Or cylindrical. Yeah, and then she had a hat yeah. with ho-hos lining the hat. Yeah. Like, actual... Well, they weren't... Well, so, no. there was a big thing with the Hostess Cakes that they year... They don't sell ho-hos anymore. It's only the other brand. What what's it called? called? I don't know. Knock-off. Knock-off. Ho-hos. Ho-hos. Uh-hos. Lugias. No, so, and then another year, uh, I forget, oh, we've had themes. We've oh, had themes. Oh, we always, uh, we all have pickle ornaments, and we hide the pickle in the tree. Pickle. And you have to find the pickle, and apparently the boys hid the pickle this year, so I thought it was going to be at their height, you know, so I'm looking at the bottom half of the tree for it, uh -huh. and it's not there, and Scott says, oh yeah, they threw it. At the tree, so it could be in the bottom where all the water is. <sighs> so, who knows where the pickle is? <sighs> children. Yeah. Oh, the joys of life. They're children. But yeah, we also do the opening of present the night before. <laughs> the opening of presents. No, we open the one the night before. And like, 
Albert and I stopped doing it, but now that Sam and Sawyer want to do it, we do it too. Yeah. And that's usually when I would open one of my dad's presents. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. And Dylan made me open my dad's presents early. <laughs> he sent you a box filled with other boxes that were wrapped. You could not open the presents. Yeah, if it was just me, I would have been able to wait. But Dylan was so excited, <sighs> I wanted to open them for Beauty him. Beauty of unwrapping Christmas presents. Man. I just like, I like getting people presents. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Man, the look on Sarah's face. Oh, she was going to cry. She was going to cry. She, and then I was going to cry. cry. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. This is what it's like. <laughs> This is what it's like to be Santa. <laughs> so. What about you? Any traditions you didn't talk about last time? Did you get new pajamas? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> My mom buys me flannel pajamas to wear on Christmas Day, despite the fact that I'm 24 years old. And I'm just like, oh, nope, not wearing these, Mom. She bought me a sweater, I think, to wear Christmas Eve. She just wants you to look nice. No, she wants me to match. Oh. Mm, yeah. Yum. Yeah. Mmm, that's delicious. Uh -huh. the photos. Yeah. So, I'll see what that sweater looks like. Oh, yeah. So, another tradition of ours is we have... We used to go to our grandma's Christmas Day. Grandmama. But they're getting too old for that. Uh, they're not moving. No. They could be in their hyperbaric chambers and you could just, like, huddle around it. Hosting three families is a lot. <sighs> and cooking is a lot. And so, now we do it at... My oldest aunt's house. She's got the biggest house. Mm -hmm. uh, and we we called it Secret Santa because for the kids, we would get assigned people to give gifts to. Mm -hmm. And then the adults also used to do Secret Santa, but they switched it to Pollyanna, which is also White Elephant. We just call it Pollyanna. Uh, Yankee Swap. Yeah, whatever. They started doing that recently, and so... As the kids turned 18, they got put into the grown-up group, and ever since... Wait, that was the cutoff? Yeah, once you were a grown-up, you got to do grown-up Secret Santa. But, like, 18 is the cutoff? Yeah, because that's when you're an adult. But I'm saying, like, before that, you yeah. were still assigned a present? Like, yeah, so if you were 17? No, yeah, yeah. So, like, when Albert was 17 or whatever, it was him, Matthew, Sammy Sawyer, and Matthew was, like, 14, and Sammy and Sawyer are, like... Not even in school yet. <laughs> so yeah. It was a weird Secret Santa. Basically, Michelle would buy uh, Albert, Sammy, and Sawyer a present, and then we would get Matthew a present. But now that all the kids are in the grown-up Pollyanna, it's like just a giant family Pollyanna, and the but kids... But they aren't. They're still Matthew, Sammy, and Sawyer. Right, but the majority... You just lock them in a room? No, they just exchange presents now. The majority of... Matthew's great, because he gets a present on himself. It's like, oh, everyone's buying me presents. Presents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but the kids really, like, downgraded ah. the quality of Pollyanna. <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so my aunt had to send out, in her Christmas invitation this year, a disclaimer. No trash. No rotting food. What the fuck does it even mean, no trash? Because previous years... But who gets to define what trash is? My brother emptied the recycle bin into a trash bag, and that was his gift. But he had a good reason to, because the year before, he spent a lot of time making a coloring book. It was a naughty adult coloring book. Uh -huh. But he, like, drew it himself, and he wrote it, and he stapled it, and it looked really nice. And, like, nobody really cared, and they're like, oh, what the fuck is this, blah, blah, blah. And they, like, shat all over it. And so, of course, next year, he brings trash <laughs> to, like, get back at everybody. 
Well, and then Trevor. Who got that? I don't know. I, that was the year I wasn't there. Oh man. Um, I hope it was one of your aunts. <laughs> no, it started out with Trevor because he wrapped a week old half-eaten Subway sandwich, <laughs> and my grandma opened it, <laughs> and that's what set it off. <laughs> it smelled so bad. But like it was a ham sandwich. But I, your family, my family doesn't make sense. Your family doesn't make sense. <laughs> like. I don't understand. Yeah, I like how Mason couldn't figure out your dad. <laughs> like, it just uh, didn't fit on his register. <laughs> well, my dad is many people. Yeah. The qualifier's ignorant hippie jumps to mind, but I don't know if that... Yeah. But that's not all he's... It. No, it's not all he is. Ignorant hippie entrepreneur, hairdresser. Yeah. Mobster. <laughs> that sucks, though. That sucks that, like, this... Okay, it was a naughty coloring book, but they couldn't... They just didn't appreciate it how he wanted to... Yeah, I, th um, that's what I was worried like, about. You know, family's shitty like that sometimes. Yeah. Especially my aunts. Or, or most of the time. No. My aunts are so stuck up their asses. I hope they're not listening to this. Oh, I yeah. love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's how I, like, I hope Sarah didn't think I didn't appreciate her gift. Because I thought it was cool. But, like, other people were more excited about it. So I was like, what? You can, like, you were like, can I wear it? I was like, sure, you can wear it. And then Tim was like, can I wear it? Mm -hmm. Slash have it? I was like, sure. So I hope Sarah didn't think I didn't no, like it. No. But that's, yeah. I love for those moments when, like, people really like your gifts. So that's, that's shitty that no one really yeah. liked that. But at the same time, kind of have to play to your audience. Right. So maybe don't. Oh, that's the kind of stuff my family, like, that totally fits. Oh. I don't know. They're just too well, sober at that point. No, you have to realize, like, my grandma, she's all artsy-fartsy. So she kind of like sets the standard for art in her family, and because Albert didn't meet it, that's probably why. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not a master's copy. Yeah. Like, like what kind of standard is that for art either? Oh, I can copy this masterwork. All right, we perfectly. need to stop shitting on my family because I'm already in trouble with them for making those videos about them. So just <laughs> Wait, end it you're here. in trouble. <laughs> no, Jeff tried to pay me off. He's like, "Don't make a video about me," and he's like handing me a twenty. I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm done." <laughs> But you already... Oh, Jeff. Yeah. Not Jack. Yeah. Yeah, so I made... Oh, no, but Jeff's nice, so he gets a pass. Right. Like, yeah. No, I made these videos on Instagram, just 15-second long things, just making fun of certain family members, because... I want to I wanna describe the one you did to your grandmother. <laughs> so, when... It was perfect. It looked... So, she did her hair up. I don't know even how you got your hair that short. You no, just, no, like, no. Put... I put... I put my hair in a ponytail... On the top of my head oh, and let, let my it hair fall down. fall down. Okay, so she made it look like her hair is shorter. And I just made like, sure the ponytail didn't get in the shot. Yeah, because Wendy's hair is like down to the middle of her back, but in the shot it looked like it was just neck length. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> she wore this big, ruffly, like white turtleneck that she has that like looks like something her grandmother would wear. And then she was just <laughs> sitting in... In my pearls. In your pearls. You had a pearl necklace on. And, and glasses. And you were just sitting in a chair, just like being all frumpy and just like, huh, huh, hmm. like just like couldn't get comfortable. And you just constantly had a glass of wine <laughs> in your hand. That's like, like on the verge of tipping and balanced on my stomach. Because huh, she always balances it on her stomach. <laughs> Jay, Jay, <laughs> huh, hmm, Jay. And then there's a part where she's just asleep. It's just, huh, huh. No, there's a picture of my grandma. She's asleep, wine glass on belly, about to spill. And we were all, like, waiting for it to spill. It never did. She's never spilled it. 
So to like, this day. To this day. She's still there. No, the only time she did was when Matthew jumped up and gave her a hug and she almost fell down. And poured wine down Albert's back because he just happened to be sitting there. Did she get mad? No, but like... <laughs> Albert got a glass of wine down his back. Yeah, that sucks, but... At least, you know, your grandmother didn't get mad at Matthew for no. trying to give her a hug. She was probably worried that her, her hip was going to break or something. So. Oh my god. Thank God it didn't. She's frail. Frail old woman. I love my family. I just want to say that. I love that. them very much. That's why I make fun of them. I love my family. I love my family. <laughs> um, anything else? No, I think we're good. What are we doing? Two hours. Oh my god. Two hours. Do you want to Go talk? cut that and post. Do you, <laughs> you want to talk about Hideo Kojima? Uh, no, I'm oh. sorry. I read the article, but no. Yeah. What'd you think? It sucks. But he's out now. Good. So Hideo Kojima is no longer a employee of Konami. Mm. That's your video game news for today. Yeah. He, uh... And no Silent Hill. PT is no longer available. Yep. I really like that game. That's terrifying. I loved it. It's terrifying. So Mason and Dylan are babies, and I had to play it. No, Sarah and, played it. Yeah. But I mostly played it. <laughs> With my eyes. With my eyes. Because Dylan such a baby. I don't like scary stuff. Hey. No, it was good though. I was, was willing scary. I was willing to go to it, but like in scary games I'm much better with than scary movies, because at least a game I have agency. Games are scarier. Because yeah, but you I, have agency. Yeah, but I have agency. Okay. So like Dead Space, I can get almost all the way through Dead Space. Mm -hmm. But I wanna play Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm not gonna watch no fuck that game. Yeah, I wanna play. No, that game's just about oh, scaring yeah. you. Yes. No, fuck that game. Yes. No. They didn't even make a Five Nights at Freddy's first-person shooter. So I can shoot the animatronics. That's the only way they'd get me to play. That game reminds me of my job sometimes. You have animatronics? No. Because <laughs> the... It's nighttime. Because nighttime, you've got one side of the wall is all windows. And out there, outside... Is, out there. Out there is Richmond... And Rickman. there's a prison a block away. What? Yeah. That, On the other side of the That's sunken in a parking lot? That's the prison parking lot. Yeah, but you have police radios. You hear if there was no, an yeah, escape. Yeah, no, but like when I first started working there, someone told me that one time they saw a guy in handcuffs running down the street. <laughs> and they're like, huh, that's weird. And then they saw a cop not too far behind him. Huh, and they're like, that's huh. weird. <laughs> huh. Or like one time... That man couldn't possibly be a fugitive. Huh. One time I was walking to the hospital to get food, and I came back, and my coworker was like, oh my god, I thought you got shot. There's a guy on the radio, or they're saying on the radio, there's this guy walking around with a rifle. I'm like, that's good to know. You make it sound like you work like an industrial park. There's just like syringe factories and hospitals and prisons. Well, yeah. I mean... You work... Closer the, to downtown than I do. It's the medical district. There's syringes everywhere. Everywhere. No, I'm just saying we at night. At night, it's super scary because, like, the outside can see more of you than you can see of the outside. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. I saw a guy shoplifting Kroger today. Ooh. Because <laughs> I was walking into Kroger, like I was walking up to the entrance, and I just see this guy pushing a cart over the crosswalk. And then down the parking lot of the Kroger, 
And then the store manager comes out and he's like, sir, sir, sir. And the guy just keeps walking and then he just keeps going, sir, sir. And then the guy just abandons the cart mm -hmm. and just keeps walking mm -hmm. and then just walks to the sidewalk and then crosses the street and just keeps walking away. And then the store manager just kind of like watches him walk away because I mean, he left the stuff. Yeah. He only had like two cases of Bud Light and like a bag of food. That's what's worth shoplifting these days, I guess. Well, that's how kids without IDs shoplift. You just fill the cart and walk out like you know what you're doing. Yeah, but if the alarm goes off, it which won't. is what happened. Oh, it did? I mean, how else would the guy know he was shoplifting? Well, in that Kroger, it's set up so, like, if you can't leave through the Protoss. The Protoss? The Protoss. You can't leave You can't through, leave you through... Wait, you can't leave... Through the legacy of the void section, you have to lead, leave through the wings of liberty section. Okay. Now, the produce section you can't leave out of, you can only enter from. So the only exit doors are the ones near the cash registers. Right. And it's so really, you think he was standing there? Well, it's really watching. obvious if you walk past the cash registers and you haven't paid for your stuff. Well, no, he had a plastic bag wrapping his food. So he probably just Well, the store manager plastic. probably saw him. Because they hang out over it's there. It's probably like, you look homeless. You look like you shoplift. Maybe. Cool. Cool. So that's Richmond. S says. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> sunny Richmond, Virginia. Please visit. It's fun. We have bike races sometimes. Uh, Walmart still has the bike race. Welcome sign up. That was a waste. The bike race? Yeah. Why? We, we got school off. No, we, yeah, no, we lost money. You and I personally. No, the city lost money. Who cares? The city? Yeah, And but, the people living in it? But why would, what? You know, things don't have to affect you directly for it to suck. No, but how much money did the city of Richmond lose? Well, they didn't make any money. That's for sure. And all the local businesses, all the businesses, like, it was a complete waste. But we're on the world stage. Oh, yeah. That goes in the goodwill section remember, of the balance sheet. You remember the Uber driver? He was, like, preparing for all these French people. And he was, like, brushing up on his French. And no foreign people used Uber while they were there. Well, that's because they came to a bike race. True. And so they probably had bicycles. Well, I think, I'm just saying that story probably plays across many instances. Like, Kevin, remember, our old landlord? Uh-huh. Like, he had to close his store for the entire week because he was on Broad Street. So he just lost an entire week of business. And then they, like, repossessed that parking lot for the bike race, so... Oh, in, in the back of his business? Yeah. Well, that stinks, but we got some infrastructure out of it. Mm-hmm. Got... Still didn't fix all the potholes, though. <laughs> Richmond! Richmond. Well, the bike race didn't go that way. Yeah, our entire neighborhood area, all the streets suck. Yeah. And all the sidewalks. Just a little bit closer to the campus, they would have fixed it. Whatever. Oh, well. Civil, right. civil engineering. We're not them. We're not them. So, how, so how do you feel about your first time on this podcast? Oh, it was fun. Thank you for having me. You're, you're, you're a wonderful host. Oh, thank you. Please come by again. All right. To our apartment. I actually don't live far from here, so yeah. invite me whenever you want. Where do you live? Like two feet over that way. Two feet? Yeah, that's my bed. So you sleep on the floor? No. Well, that's okay. two feet. All right, like five feet. Like five feet? Yeah. 
So you sleep on my PC? Oh no my wonder God, it's not working. Dylan. <laughs> no wonder it's not working. I'm gonna make you sleep on the floor. <laughs> you have that power. I do? You have that authority. I do? Sure. Don't sleep on the floor. Okay. You made Albert sleep on the floor. Because he didn't want to sleep in the bed, so. Why? I don't know. I got sister cooties. Ugh, sister cooties. I have sister boyfriend cooties. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Um, so thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We'd like to have you again. Oh, cool. I will I will consult with Mason. Mason is okay if when he comes on the podcast again? Oh, cool. Yeah, he said it was okay. All right, cool. Yeah. So I'm not just a Mason stand-in. No. You might be a Dylan stand-in. Oh, sweet. An episode. I kind of want to do it where you and Sarah do one. Oh, man. Because I think that would <laughs> be the funniest thing. <laughs> We're just talking about Cat and Toad the entire time. <laughs> Talk about something. I don't care, but I think that'd be the funniest thing. That'd be cool. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I like rotating through people and chewing them up and spitting them out and mm-hmm. then done with them and mm-hmm. then go on to the next piece of meat. Yum. Yep. Okay. All right, bye. Bye.